Thornfiles podcast. When we last met, the intrepid adventure, adventurers, intrepid investigators, we're adventurers. We're on the road to this episode, and we're adventurers. You're recovering from your previous session where lots of people were attacked, and uh, we met people from people's past, and it was very stressful for everybody. So you needed time to chill out. Uh, but we also started a mystery, um, which uh, brought to Evangeline. Lane Fox by Charlotte Glass, the leader of the Everbright Club. Um, Evangeline was told that a member of the Everbright Club, one Miss Pickett, had gone to a town in Yorkshire called Cranefield to investigate a strange storm that had happened there. Um, and Miss Pickett has not been seen or heard from since by Charlotte Glass. Uh, the group went there. Um, and uh, Evangeline left, leaving out the um, important detail that Charlotte Glass did promise to the group that um, she would be giving Evangeline and Thorn Investigations the stone which the group has been hunting for, uh, the same stone that Bale the demon is hunting for and Walden is looking for, and everyone seems to be looking for. The Averbright Club have it, and they are going to give it to the group if they investigate this little thing for them. Um, arriving in town, the group found that Miss Pickett has gone missing. Uh, she has booked a room in the Horse and Rider, a pub in town. Uh, they've met a scene from a distance, a few locals, and they uh, have been told that Miss Pickett, while she has rented a room at the Horse and Rider, has not been seen for a good long while. Uh, and as you're getting yourself sorted in your rooms, you... Evangeline had the wonderful idea of going downstairs and entertaining the bar and, uh, you know, giving people a, um, a distraction to stop people from maybe perhaps coming up and interrupting the rest of the group as they break into Miss Pickett's room and investigate it. So that's where we left off. Um, Evangeline, are you going downstairs? She will head downstairs with her violin in hand, and she, as she kind of like steps down, just t- the small staircase, weaving her case out the way, she will wander across the bar, um, and will wave down Teddy. Yes. Hey, up. Um, I'm sorry if this, if this is any inconvenience. I do have a request of your beautiful establishment. See my late husband, and she will play the her violin. Um, um, used to love the violin, and I've recently come into acquisition of a new violin. I've yet the chance to play. Um, do you think perhaps if um, I were to invite your establishment to join me in a drink, they would allow me to play them? A small song. So he leans across the bar. He says, What you're saying is that if you buy everyone here a drink, will they let you play your violin? 
Yes. He sort of thinks about this for a minute. I don't see anyone having any problems with that. Lovely. And who might I be purchasing drinks for this evening and playing for? Um, she and gestures towards the the young girl and the men who she group. doesn't quite know yet. Um, yeah. So you, she says, um, well, uh, those. And he points down the bar. He says, that'd be uh, put Langston, um, and his friend. Uh, don't know his first name. He just goes by Dudley most of the time. But I think that's a surname. Uh, they are Rupert. Uh, there's the uh, nephew of a uh, a local squire. Uh, John, you see him in the corner. Um, he points over to the group. There's a, you've got a few locals over there. They'll probably all want drinks as well. Be happy to have them from you. You've got uh, uh, you got uh, uh, Doris, a local librarian. You've got uh, Miss Gray, the school teacher. You've got uh, uh, well, Dunn's probably not here yet. Dunn's a local constable, but he's quite busy at the moment, as you can imagine. And he sort of does the sort of runs a finger across his neck, you know, um, and uh, and he points over to the young woman advisors. I think, uh, funny name, lass. Um, and he says, um, it was it Tove. You say name was Tove, and the woman at the bar says, yes, um, Tove, yes, yes, Tove. She's uh she's not a local, but she's been here for for a little bit as well. Oh, Miss Tove, you um, you would you mind me perhaps regaling the bar with a tune? Do you want me to sing? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, what I have planned does not require singing, but would you mind if I played? No, go ahead. I mean, and um, finish whatever drink you're going to get me, and then I'll go to my room. But you feel free to to play as much as you want. And uh, the boy uh, tender comes over and she says, "Tove, come on, have listen to a bit of music. You've been cramped up in your room for most of the day today." And Tove looks over at Sheila and she sort of. There's a pained smile towards her and then looks over at you and she says, I will listen to your music. Lovely. Um, my intention is to uh, regale you this evening with Le Quattro Stagioni. Might you, might you um, uh, grace me with the honour of picking concertos numbers one, two, three, or four? So it looks as um. I mean, let's go for two, I guess. Lovely. And she will stand. But she'll stand. She'll like set up so she stood in front of the staircase, now knowing that nobody is in any rooms. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of like, they'd have to go through her and make a bit of a scene if they were trying to get to the staircase right now. Um, And she will start. And it is... And I don't think Peter's heard Evangeline ever play something so upbeat as she is going to play Concerto Number 2 in G minor, which is known as Summer from the Four Seasons, as she starts to fill the bar. And you can just like hear that the, the, the kind of the real 
joyful sounds that kind of start kind of come through. Lovely. And as she does this, I would like to try and use magic to just almost like okay. <laughs> kind of create a musical enchantment that kind of draws everybody into kind of, mm-hmm. um, kind of watch what's going on, please. Yeah, you absolutely can do that. I was going to ask if um if you wanted to, you could do this as a help out for the rest of the group um, to distract people, but you can absolutely use magic. That's never gone badly before. Um, but yeah, if you want to use magic, is much better than my help out. <laughs> okay, okay. My help out has a negative modifier on it, so I think generally we're not okay. a terribly helpful team. <laughs> no, we're a bunch of lone wolves. That, that is good. That is actually a twelve. Okay, wonderful. So that is. Let's hope the rest list. of the mystery stays this way, please. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get all these rolls out please. early on. So I uh, use magic and you can advanced. I get it's advanced as well, so I get an added benefit. Okay, wonderful. Yourself from myself, I have to choose the advanced one. Okay, you can give me a a benefit. Okay, so uh, your effects you are distracting the whole group, you are sort of bringing people into your enchantment, and no glitches. Um, and let's see, I think. Um, Can I give them a plus one ongoing whilst they're trying yeah, to? Yeah, I'll give stealthy? you. I'll give people a plus one ongoing. Yeah, that's the effect you're doing is creating a distraction. Um, everyone upstairs, you're going to break into the room. Can I please have everyone act under pressure? Well, the the person who is breaking into the room to act under pressure. Well, Peter is, is such a good. We, or you can use your use, ma- use you ha- you have used yeah, magic. Yeah, we've done yeah. this before. <laughs> Go for use magic then, Peter. Try to unlock the door of your magic. Clarify. Were yes. we told which of the two rooms it was? Yes, it was number one. Well, number one. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'll use magic. I've never used these dice before. Thank you, thank you, Kelly. You are uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Wonderful. Good dice. Good dice. Yeah. yeah. Do you have advanced on that as well? No. I don't no, have any advanced. I can't remember who's got advanced at this point. Oh. Um, so you unlock the door. Thirteen, absolutely no flaw, no issues at all. You unlock the door. It doesn't even look like the door has been um, jimmied in any sort of way. Um, it's, you did such a good job, and you open the door, um, and you see Miss Pickett's room is very neat. Um, she, there is a wardrobe that is open. So one door of it is open. Um, and you see there are uh, the equivalent of like suit bags in there hanging on uh, hanging on hangers uh, where you can imagine nice clothes have been hung up. Uh, there are a couple of hat boxes. Um, everything looks quite new in, um, in the room. The clothes, bags and the hat boxes look quite new. Uh, you also see that there is a um, I mean it looks like fairly normal room doesn't look like there's much out of place here doesn't look like somebody who maybe makes that much of a mess either um there's not much on the nightstand it could be something normally left there but looks like she maybe wasn't in the room and like didn't like took things with her if there's anything necessarily here if you want to do an investigative mystery you can yes. see if you can find anything i can help you type of that or i can if that one if you want um, well, I, d- I took the advanced move, so yeah, if you want to help. I'll give you a hand. What's my help? What's my help? 
Oh, six. That's as good. Eleven plus two. Ooh, wow. Thirteen. Thirteen. Cool. Right, I rolled a four. That's a miss. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's still a twelve, though, isn't it? Even if it's a minus it's one. Still a twelve. Um, yeah. Still I think twelve. It's, um, help out. Yeah, you. Expose myself to trouble or danger without helping. How lovely. Oh. <laughs> um. Okay. So, Tabitha, what does it look like? Uh, what are you? What are you investigating? What are you going to ask? Um, I want to look around. Um. Ah. I um want to know what her plans were, what she was looking into, and what evidence she had needed mm. in order to retrace her steps. Maybe. Yeah. That um, you can see as you're looking through things, you see there is a um, a small a small journal that's been left behind. Um, and opening it, you can see there's a few things slotted in here. Um, looks like there's a couple of uh, uh, sort of leaflets about um, sort of local tourist attractions, um, pixie woods. Um, you, there's the uh, the forlorn caves. There's a lot to do with the, about um, sort of the the history of Cranefield and its uh, importance uh, in the um, the English Civil War. Um, it was uh, there were things going on here during the Civil War. If you want to go into that, you can. Mentions of um, Gunpowder Farm and how how it got its name, um, and yeah. Uh, I, so uh, basically. Um, <laughs> uh, was it a, um, a parliamentarian uh, place or a royalist place? Well, the in, the history of Cranfield is interesting uh, to do with the war. So, um, Gunpowder okay. Farm, uh, which you drove past, you realise you drove past Gunpowder Farm, uh, got its name when a band of royalists running from the aftermath of the Battle of Master Moor tried to rob the townsfolk of Cranesfield as they left, as they fled. Um, the people of Cranesfield welcomed into town, got them drunk, and buried all their weapons on the farm um, before calling on the roundheads to come and chase them away. Uh, many of the royalists fled into Pixie Wood, into the Pixie Woods, um, and some of them held out in the Forlorn Caves, which were named Forlorn because everyone who was in those caves ended up being rounded up and executed. Um, and that's the the general history of the town. A lot of it has been they're leaning on that history quite a lot um, with their tourism because there's not much else going on in Cranesfield. You see, there's a leaflet for um, a church f um, for like uh, morning services. Um, what have I got? That um, Saint Cajistan's. Saint Cajestans, I don't know. <laughs> is, is that a niche saint or it's fairly niche? Does it mean anything? It does mean something. Understand that I wrote this many months ago. <laughs> so I will just remind myself what Saint Cajestan is the patron saint of. Uh Saint Cajestan. Uh the patron saint of uh Argentina. The unemployed, gamblers, um, and good fortune. Gamblers and good fortune. 
Argentina, I feel like that might be less. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's coming in left field here. <laughs> um, and there's, you know, talks, uh, information there on morning services and uh, things coming up uh, for Christmas and um, all from uh, the local Reverend, uh, Reverend Alfred Green information there. Um, and you written in this journal there's not much written in here um, bits and pieces you, it looks like she's t- been taking names and writing things down um, you see there's uh, things like John Quincy Langston dash squire um, Ernest Dunn police constable she has like a brackets next to it so very helpful brackets um Local library, Doris Malcolm, brackets, not very helpful, brackets. Um, and uh, she writes about Do- Dr. Martin Burroughs. Um, one of the last things she writes is about Dr. Martin Burroughs, um, dash, local dentist. And then, uh, dash, bit big for his boots, worth it in quotation marks. And then the last thing she's written is a name. Catherine Murphy. And then a question mark next to Catherine Murphy. Uh, has she um, written her own first name anywhere? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, at the front of the diary, it says uh, Diary of Angela Pickett. Angela, okay. And has she <laughs> described how she looks? <laughs> <laughs> um you no. have a portrait of herself. Are there any photos of her with someone else? Uh no. you can see a photo of a young man tucked into one of her into the pages of her diary. Ooh. But nothing no pictures of herself. Um Okay. Um is she she written a um a to-do list like, oh, next go to the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> um she hasn't written a to-do list at the moment but she uh you know that there's pamphlets in there of things she circled things like dates and stuff in the pamphlets uh for like this church services maybe she wants to go and investigate and ask people questions when they've got the got their guards down a little bit well i guess maybe as well since Catherine murphy just has a question mark she was looking to find out more slash go and talk to her possibly mm. okay I, I tell, I share all this with Peter as we're going through, even though he was no, absolutely no help. <laughs> I'm not being stupid, but she's here to investigate a strange storm. Was yes. that the wording? Mm-hmm. So does she mention the weather? Oh, you also, there? you also mention, uh, you also see, sorry. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of things. Uh, she's, you, she's written the name Joel Rutland as one of the first names. Joel Rutland. Joel Rutland. Um, and a dash next to that says Storm Watcher. Um, Something to do with storms makes And she's sense. written in it very cold, no signs of storms. Okay. Oh. Do we have any idea when the la- when the storm that she came to investigate was? Uh, I mean, at this point, probably about. November now, about three and a half months ago. Oh, it's long. I sigh. <laughs> looking at the t- looking, thinking about the dates, it lines up pretty 
directly with when things started happening. Yeah. I think okay. we should have sent somebody down to the, to the weather service or something in London to do some research. Meteorological Society. Mm. Let's call Angus. I mean, <laughs> I guess get on a train. That sounds like a good idea. They're going to London. Yeah. Or perhaps he could. He can. Do you, so, did you find anything useful there? I've been. Uh, yes, she's strange um, mark on the roof. Oh, but right. I think it might just be a watermark. For a while, I thought it looked like something else and was looking at me, but it's not. I, I look at it too. Like, not so helpful. Um, Catherine Murphy, I think we should find and identify her. She's on a list of people in town. Um, everyone else has kind of notes by them. Seems that Miss Pickett asked around about things. The police officer was helpful. Um, but Catherine Murphy. He just has a question mark. Peter. Not... Yes. When Tabitha says Catherine Murphy, yes. you hear a voice in the back of your head say, You are treading on very thin ice, Peter. Um, I'll ignore that. Um, um, strange question about the room does she have dirty towels or dirty things anywhere or has there been some kind of law has she sent them off to be cleaned by someone or have they been in her room to clean it i'm going for a weird angle of i've stayed in quite a few places and i want to work out has somebody already been in here and like cleansed this space because they're cleaning it for her mm. i you can you imagine a place like this that the, you know they're trying to be a bit more high class, maybe a little bit enough that they you know, like a, perhaps a turn down service, and it looks like the bed's been made and there are some fresh towels put on it. Um, you don't know when it was made, but uh, if the people who work in this pub have an idea that she hasn't been here for a while, then perhaps they haven't had to do a turn down in a while. Okay. And as he's kind of just thinking about laundry and looking around, um, he will just kind of think in, in his mind and just go, fuck you. <laughs> Tabitha, you uh, had an advanced move for Investigator Mysteries. Is there any other questions? I can ask whatever I want. Mm. Um... Yeah, um, I would like to look for, um, I want to know about her membership to the Everbright Club. Has she got any kind of official Everbright documentation with her? Has she got like a membership card <laughs> or yeah. um, a pen that says mm. Everbright? I don't know. She, yeah, I mean, you can find if you go through the, the suit bags, uh, one of them is a very fine coat, very fine cream coat. Does she have any spotty dresses? <laughs> no spotty dresses, um, but there are fashionable clothes in there. A lot of them look very new. A lot of them look very unworn. The cream coat you can find in one of the pockets, a, a little uh, silver case. As you open up, there are some Everbright Club cards in there with Ooh. Angela Pickett on it. 
Can I take them? Yeah. I'm uh, future Angela Pickett. <laughs> that will never go well. Um, yeah, I keep those. Okay, so is there anything else anyone wants to do? I do want to do something else because I'm not downstairs. The only other thing I would have done with Tabitha is I would then would have gone, um, do, do we want to check out the other room? Absolutely. And we'll check out the other room at the top floor. Because Zero, what are you doing during the Hollis? Um, so I've gone downstairs and I'm listening to Evangeline Lane Fox. I'm acting as backup there in case we need to stop anybody going upstairs. Mm. Um, and I think I've, I think I would single in on Tove. I think I would have been there when she said, "Oh, maybe I'll just go back upstairs to my room." So after Evangeline has started playing music. Um, I will take the the ale, which Evangeline has very kindly bought for me, um, uh, uh, to a seat just next to Tove at the bar, uh, if there is a free seat. Yeah. Um, and for a couple of minutes, just sort of sit and not, you know, not make too much conversation. Just sort of letting her get used to me as a as a as a, you know, an extant being. Um, before then. Uh, sort of turning to her in a in a in a low voice, um, saying, um, "So much to do in this town." I wouldn't necessarily know. I um, I've only been here for a little while myself, but uh, I mean, your friend seems to have brought some interest to the town. I'm sure, lots of people will be interested in coming in and listen to her. Um, are you some sort of traveling band or oh no that's um that's entirely uh, my companion's uh, bag um no no we're we're, we're I, I expect we won't be here terribly long we have a job nearby and, and we will be um going back up uh, back up north um fairly yeah. soon well, um she looks at you um does your I'm sorry, you um, remind me of somebody I uh, used to know. Um, so, are you? Um, sorry for the personal question, but were you ever a, a, a Ren? Your, your outfit looks fairly uniform ish, and you hold yourself in such a way. Have we met? I, yeah, I, I was a Ren. No, no. Uh I don't I don't actually know that many rounds. I only really knew my my mother, but um You you know the style. I know the style. It sticks with you, I'm afraid. Uh yes. Um can I ask what your mother's name was? There weren't all that many of us. My mother's name was uh, uh Catherine Murphy. Murphy? Your mother wouldn't have been in um, Salon back in the uh, early 1940s, would she? Uh, she wasn't with me, so yes. She wasn't with you. She was elsewhere. Yeah, well, I imagine she could have been with me, but she was, uh, yeah, wherever she was, probably Salon. Um, I'd give a brief description of the person that I... New. Yeah, sounds. Oh, well, it sounds like her. And she um 
takes a wallet out of her pocket and she opens it up and you can see there's a little picture of well it looks it looks like Kathy Murphy, probably younger than when you knew Kathy Murphy. And she's sitting with a, a young girl who looks very much like Tove. And a, a sort of a tall, tall, um sort of straight jawed looking man. And she that's my mother, yeah. Um What a small world. Um we didn't know each other well, but um, I, I used to run with her. Oh, well, we have something in common, then. Uh, I don't know her very well, either. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it happens. Um, so, sorry, is your, is your work in town with her? No. Uh, is, she, is she in town? Are you here seeing her? Trying to figure that out. I don't need to go into family details with you. But my mother and I didn't really get on. Um, my my father left us when we were when I was very small, and uh, well, she was. I didn't really get a lot of the things she talked about. Um, and then she, and the worst was she went off to do her duty, and it's very kind of her. And left me with my grandparents. Um, and then when she moved here, I didn't really have a relationship with her at that point, I don't think. Um, you know, uh, uh, I think we actually share more than a couple of things in common. Um, my mum was also in the rents. So that was sort of why I joined. She was never really around all that much. Um, but it, well, it, didn't, it didn't bring us close together. She was on one side of the world and I was on the other. Well, if you see my mum, uh, let her know that I'm looking for her. It's been a stress. She's done this before where she just vanishes off the face of the earth, but I'm not so brazenly like this before. It's just, just frustrating. Well, I can try and talk some sense into her if you'd like, but um, yeah, maybe I'm a, I'm not certain if I'll find her here, to be honest. I think she's probably packed up. She has a cottage um, just just outside of town, but she wasn't there. So I am um, probably just gone away again. Uh, I'll probably get a letter from her soon. Well, um, I'm terribly sorry to hear that. It's... Uh... Absent mothers, and I hold up my glass. You, um, as you hold a glass, Tove holds her glass up, and uh, your cheers is interrupted by a third glass that comes in, and a uh, one of the young lads from down the down the bar sort of interrupted your conversation, and he says, "Ah, oh, terrible thing, terrible thing, having mothers disappear on you like that." Uh, if you want, we can we can drink, talk about it. Uh, Get to know each other. Maybe we won't feel so bad about it later in the later in the evening. Sorry, would would you mind? We're we're trying to listen to the music. <laughs> and um, someone, uh, another young man from the bar says, uh, "Dudley, I don't think they like you. I don't think they like you, Dudley." And Dudley goes, "Shut up, Rupert." Um, <laughs> he sort of goes back down the bar for his drink. Um, 
but Rupert just clocks you, Vera. Uh, you look like the sort of person who drives a van. Do you drive a van? What about me makes me look like I drive a van? What about you doesn't make you look like you drive a van? Where are you going with this? Maybe you should just be more careful on the road. Was that your roadster? He sort of drinks and says, what if it was? Well, it's a very nice, nice machine, but I, I would I would hate to see you bring any damage to it, driving it recklessly through the countryside like that. The only reckless drivers in this country are people who take up the road. Well, um, how you drive your vehicle is absolutely none of my business. No, it's not, is it? And uh, at this point, um, again, the conversation is interrupted by the older gentleman wearing tweed. You see he's uh, getting on in years. Looking man, he has a sort of a mustard uh, waistcoat on, tweed jacket, tweed trousers. Um, and he sort of gets in between the two groups here. And uh, he says, Rupert, settle down. Settle down now. Uh, go sit in the corner with the other children. And Rupert sort of puts his drink in the bars. Okay, uncle, sorry. And he goes, leaves. And the man turns around and says, my apologies for my nephew. He's um, a bit of an arse, but he's uh, he's family, and I, I apologize for his behavior. Well, apology accepted. That's very gracious of you. And, uh, I, I'm John Quincy Langston, uh, squire here. You're new to the town, yes? Miss Vera Bright, yes, I'm here with some of my colleagues. Well, I hope you don't mind, uh, Miss Vera Bright. Uh, he sort of little uh, Teddy's like, um, whatever these two ladies like to drink this evening, I'm paying for it, Teddy. Okay, um, on account of Rupert and Teddy goes again, and yes, again, Teddy, and he goes back over to his friend. Said apologies again. Let me know if Rupert has any other issues with you this evening. Uh, I'll just raise my glass at him as he leaves. Upstairs, Peter and Tabitha, can I have a use magic to try and break into Tove's room? Now, Tabitha, do you remember your training for this? Or do you want me to do it? Um, I'm ready to okay. attempt. Let me know if you need any help with it. Um, do I have to ask for help before? Or can I ask for help during? I actually can't remember. Do you have to ask for help before? Um, I think you, when you help another hunter with a move they're making, I guess you could do, could declare it beforehand or afterwards. Let's declare it afterwards. We'll see how bad this is. Let's we'll see how I go. <clears throat> These dice, I swear to God, double sixes plus three, uh, 15. Okay. <laughs> now that is how I taught you, Tabitha. This is good. <laughs> well, a better teacher than Evangeline. <laughs> How does it look when uh, Tabitha uses her magic? We know that Peter's it's a sort of extended dark finger that goes into the lock. How does it look like when Tabitha uses her magic? Oh, today? Okay. Um... Door explodes. <laughs> yeah. I think, um... do you know what? I think I just like 
uh, I cut my palm and then press my like my bloody palm to the, to the door and then just like um it doesn't explode because I think I know that that would be bad but, uh, I, I'm leaving uh forensic evidence everywhere <laughs> That's not a thing in the fifties. You're fine. Oh, it's fine. Thank goodness. Um, um, brilliant. But I get an added benefit. So can yeah. I take no harm there? Because actually, I'm yes, you definitely can take no harm. In fact, as you 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 press your hand to the door and your so the magic of your blood into the door and it unlocks and you can hear the of the lock. Um, and then as you pull your hand away, the blood also pulls away from the door and back into your hand, and the, your hand heals. I just look at Peter like. This is the happiest I've ever looked in my whole entire life. Incoming message coming from the 588. Good morning, recruits. Welcome to hell. This is basic training. No one's supposed to die. Wing Women is a semi-historical actual play podcast. Have you pissed anyone off recently? No one I can think of. While I run through the bulleted indexed <laughs> yeah. list of people we've we've pissed off in the last couple of days. They endure discrimination from their male counterparts. All of your beds have been carried out of the nurse's station and placed in the middle of the jogging track. Mm, I don't think it was Ivan. He's weak. <laughs> Against this bitter setting, our four motley heroines gain the chance to experience queer joy, gender euphoria, and equality for the first and perhaps the only time in their lives. How obvious am I being? See, I've kind of always thought that there is a level to some of us in this barracks that's visible. Have you been using the word shenanigans? I've been experimenting. (laughs) Where did you learn that word? Until the next mission, this is us signing off. Hello everybody, it's me, Danny, and I've just had a whole cup of coffee. Dropping into this episode to say a big thank you to everyone for listening, and if you are new to the podcast, welcome. It's lovely to have you here. Please, take off your shoe. Why do you only have one shoe on? I don't know. I've just had a whole cup of coffee. If you want to know more about what's going on at the Thorn Files podcast at the moment, you can find us on our socials on Instagram. We are the Thorn Files underscore podcast. On Twitter, we are at Thorn Files Pod. And on Blue Sky, we are at Thorn Files Pod.bluesky.social. We post regular updates for when episodes will be coming out. And as the year goes on, we'll also be posting anything about. Um, upcoming specials or one-shots that we will be putting out onto the podcast and we also do quite a lot of our lore comes out on instagram as well so that's all there for you to you know devour if that's something you like to do if you are enjoying the thorn files podcast why don't you give us a review and a rating on whatever you listen to your podcasts on cannot stress how much it helps out little podcasts like us we are small but mighty well at least trying to be mighty this week's recommendation of podcasts is the Wing Woman podcast. We've promoted them before, but they are brilliant and definitely well worth a listen if you want something which is an actual play, but not your standard fair actual play. Give them a listen. You go into Tove's room, and uh, you can see that it looks like Tove's probably brought her work with her. Um, she probably was busy. Um, you can see there's lots of... Uh, you can tell quite quickly what her work is. Uh, you can see that there are lots of 
books without covers left on a desk nearby. Um, and you can see there's also sort of uh, folders of sort of leather uh, covers and um, there's sort of um, sewing kits, there's uh, tools and there is sort of glue, all the things that somebody might need if they were like a book binder or they sort of uh, repairing books or so repairing old texts. That seems to be what Tove's job, um, Tove's, Tove's job is. She brought the stuff with her so that she might do some of it while she is on the road. Um, that you can tell straight away by looking at things. But if you want to investigate a mystery, you can't see what you find. I think we should look definitely at what kind of books, just in case. Yes. Just get it. So maybe let's both and see what we get out of it. Okay. Um... Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Click the background. Actually, it was six, um, so that's okay. Twelve. For me. Six a fail. No, six is about? a fail. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to tell. <laughs> right. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that in a second. Um, <laughs> Peter, you got a twelve. I'm going for the classic. What is being concealed here? Because I feel like we should always ask that question if we roll. Good one to ask. We have to find what what what's she hiding amongst all of this. Um, yeah, I mean the texts don't look very suspicious. Uh, there are a few. Um, of manuals, uh, like old, like a Bible. Like she's, it's just, it just looks like old text that she's repairing, um, either by order or just part, as part of her job. She's binding books. Um, you can find that she, she has a picture in her, uh, in like a frame that she's clearly taken with her, um, and the picture is of, of those who will have seen a different version of this picture just when Tove was showing it to Vera. Um, a a young girl, a woman, and a a tall, straight-jawed man um, all sitting together and sort of investigating this. You sort of take the picture out. Sometimes we write on the back of them and she has written on the back of this. And she says, uh, it's written just the names of people in this picture. Uh, there's um, Jacob Erickson. There's Catherine Murphy. And there's Tove at the bottom. Do I recognize any of the people in that? Or the name? You you don't recognize anybody, but Tabitha recognizes the name Catherine Murphy. And you also do recognize the name Catherine Murphy when Tabitha told you it before. Sorry, what was the man? Eric's Erickson. Jacob Erickson. Jacob Erickson. Or Jakob Eriksson. Or Jakob. Jakob. What, what you would see would be Jacob, but it might be Jakob. So she seems to obviously be connected to that woman you were mentioning. I, I'll see what else I can find. I think I can look for one more thing. Mm -hmm. What happened here? Loosely? Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. That makes sense uh, for what I want to tell you uh so you going through her things uh, just like somebody who's traveled to here um potentially from far away there's quite a lot of uh clothes and stuff in here implying that the person's either uh taken a it's a long they either pretend to be here for a long time or the journey here took a long time um maybe not taking the train maybe taking driving or whatever um you sort of Tove is here for a reason and she's it's taken a while to get here or she's intended to be here for long enough to do it, to figure out what's happened. Um, 
you see that she has in her suitcase um has been placed there not something she took with her you can tell that it's just been not so it hasn't been packed it just was there she's found it just put it down um there are a couple of envelopes one of them is open and you see that it's a letter that was written a few months ago um to someone called Catherine Murphy and it just seems to be like a an update on Tove's life what Tove's doing nothing particularly um exciting just her work her friends um asking questions of her mother potentially it seems like it might be a mother daughter relationship and you see there's a letter like this a few months ago and then there's another letter that written a couple months later I would be written around the time that the storm happened here and it is unopened but it's to Catherine Murphy and then there's a second letter written to Catherine Murphy that would have been a month later and it's also unopened maybe Tove's gone to Catherine Murphy's house and found these letters one has been opened for many months ago but one around the date where the storm happened was not opened and then a month later another letter was sent and it was not opened this woman seems to be missing as well, Tabitha. Catherine Murphy. Yes, the letters. If you the first is open, the others not. They seem to be sent at different times from the postmark. It looks like it's been left there for some time. Maybe she's okay. been to the house. If you look at the address on the front, it we might have passed that on the way in. I can't remember. I recognise the street name. Okay, well, I think we should leave this place as we found it. And yes, uh, Tabitha, you missed. Um, oh, yeah. You reveal some information to the monster or whoever you are talking to. Um, Peter. Might reveal something to Peter. Um, oh, okay. So, what do you reveal to Peter? What. Um, Information. Oh, okay. Um, uh, if I, if I uh, my question, I have to ask you a question, and you have to be able to answer it, and that is what Peter finds out from you. Okay. Um, how much time have you spent looking into Peter's history? A lot. I know I've been through basically everything that easily accessible, like not easily accessible, but accessible to me at at the institute. Um, I think Peter can tell that you know that um, Annabelle told you, Peter, that Tabitha's been doing a lot of reading up on you. And you notice that Tabitha, Tabitha um, looks sort of, as she's reading through things, sort of, you know, that sort of eye tired when you, you read too much of the last, and you're just like, you're exhausted and your eyes hurt. And you can tell that Tabitha is just exhausted from reading things. I think she might maybe mumble something. Mm. really obscure from my file that you would only know if yeah, you've really been digging. Like maybe when I look at uh, Jacob <laughs> and maybe I say like a wrong name that's mm. um, somehow connected. He will look at you in that moment and just go you should be careful what you believe in everything you read. I doubt those little stories mentioned me. We should be out of here and make sure you make sure you wipe up your blood. 
it it magically went back into my body, but um, noted. Okay, because yeah, that's a bit wrong. <laughs> Says the man with the with the demon demon in him. <laughs> it, it's more okay. the smearing blood on people's front doors. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's a bit dodgy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, I panicked in the moment. I wanted to impress you. You impress me. You impressed me as well. Um, we should get going. Um, I think okay. we've probably solved the mystery now. And I think those two are just having a great time downstairs. Oh, no. and we're doing all the no, listen, work. She's, mm-hmm. well, she's really enjoying it. This bit, she always gets that note a little bit wrong. <laughs> no, don't be mean. Then she she loves music. She's very good. Um, let's go meet them <laughs> so you go downstairs at this point in the in the evening as as it's gone on um uh via tove has you know she's she's been sitting with you at one point while you're sitting with her one of the um a woman comes into the bar um and she looks over to you both and she looks to tove and she comes and says uh, tove i was wondering if i might um have a chance to uh, to talk to you, I have something. Something I need to tell you. And Tov um, sort of uh, looks to you and says, uh, "Sorry, uh, of course, Sarah. I, I'll come and talk to you now." Uh, uh, Miss Bright, if you excuse me, um, it's nice talking to of course, you. Of course, it's a lovely to meet you. I'll see you around. And Tov uh, walks outside with with Sarah, and uh, to have a chat. Peter and Tabitha, you come downstairs as Evangeline gets to the final few bars of her concerto. Um, maybe adding only a few minutes 11, around. It's only about 11 minutes to 12 minutes long as a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably <laughs> lasted. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, and uh, what do you do? What are you up to? You're in the bar? In this lovely little pub. It is starting to get a bit busier. You see that there is a... Um, a sort of a much older looking man instead of uh so he's slightly bedraggled looking comes in um and uh he sort of sits at the bar and tells his uh Joel what uh usual and Joel says uh uh I would like the usual thank you and he gets a gets a large uh drink handed over to him. I think yeah. I think we want to talk to yes. him. Yes. That's the police officer. I was about to say, isn't he the storm watcher? Did you say Joe or John? Joe. He said Joe. Joe. Oh, sorry. Yes, the storm it's, guy. It's it's this strange northern accent. <laughs> it's wow. not the same as the Scottish accents we're used to. No. Well, I'm I'm mostly used to London accents, even now. Um. But yeah, okay. You you talk Vera, to him. Well, Vera's talking. Vera's over there with that woman so we should go over there we should send vera um as as tove leaves uh, i see peter and tabitha and I, I step up and i uh head over in their direction hey did it go well yes very fruitful we've yes. solved it all there are, there are other missing women here yes catherine murphy uh, that's Tove's mother. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, we know about Tove. She that. likes to bind books. Yes, and she. Uh, do you know a 
Wait, how do you know Catherine Murphy? She was a wren. Oh. We were stationed together in, in Salon. That's very strange. Oh, Evangeline, if you've finished, do you want to join us? There's a ripple of applause. Very good, very good. She'll go back away, pick up her glass of white wine and saunter over to the rest of the group. I'm hearing it went very well upstairs. Uh, we have some, well, I, I say well, we have some missing women on our hands. Is that right? Yes. So, um, Miss Pickett was um, just keeping a log of whom in the village she'd been speaking to. Uh, next to Catherine Murphy's name, she'd only put a question mark. Um, she had also circled some dates around uh, church services. Um, With regards to Catherine Murphy, her mother, yeah. um, she expected that she would have packed up and left. She said that, that she had done that in the past. No, this was Miss Miss Pickett was also looking for Catherine Murphy. Oh, Miss Pickett was. Oh, yes. right. I see. Um, yes, I see. Yeah. I know. Um, and um, then we broke into t- to Tove's room, and um, that's when we discovered that Tove was looking for Catherine. Uh, did you? Find out who who else had she been talking to? Is there anyone else of interest that we oh, want to talk to? She spoke to um a Joe Rutland, and I kind of like indicate the guy at the bar. Uh, he's a storm watcher. Um, she had reported that the weather had been nothing but cold since her arrival, but um, obviously the storm was what brought her here. The storm. I. I think I remember reading an article on the storm, uh, or a storm. Yes, yes. Weeks and weeks ago. Yes, I have, I have, have um, an archive file that I have heard Angus been collating on meteorological events in the Yorkshire areas since since we our first mission. I see. Uh, it does there appear to be a pattern of some kind. I would like to, can I use my connect the dots yes, to go can. back to mystery number one when mm-hmm. I asked Angus to compile said file and yeah. I would like to connect kind of the dots of the storm, how the storms like it, has there been ones throughout like documented past, the storm and the other information that we um, yes. from that. The, the, looking through meteorological events in folklore in history there have obviously been some fairly traumatic storms throughout throughout time angus probably did quite a good job of filtering out ones which have a sort of natural explanation um but and sort of so they sort of fall more into the folklore legend or legendary storms um of of yesteryear um there were things that he talked about were generally it seems to fall under if some magical event happens it can affect the natural order of things in an area if a magical event is strong enough. So, for example, um, he said, found some accounts of uh, different tellings of Arthurian legends where Excalibur was drawn from the stone. That was a magical event, and there were said to be storms at that time. Of course, it's folklore, so I'm not saying Excalibur exists. Um 
or other events uh, of that sort of nature when uh, Beowulf first faced off against Grendel. There was a storm that night. There are magical events. Storms seem to coincide with them. And this seemed, it looked as if there was a powerful magical event in this town at that time. And it caused a storm. Yes, it would seem that the storm that everyone is so interested in was brought on as an effect of some kind of very big magic. The kind of magic that happened at the same time of Knockhill Farm. It's line up. And it also lines up with when the curator of the McCullough collection started being acting strangely. When the mirror were woken. And that storm was localised over this village. Indeed. The thing about these big events is there are always people listening and watching. Maybe more than one at the same time. And Peter kind of looks at Vera and says, it's a bit of an enigma. If only we could crack it. Perhaps somebody already has. Perhaps somebody already has. As the evening goes on, a few things happen in the pub around you. Uh, Sheila finishes for the night. She stays in the pub. She uh, is invited to go and drink with John Quincy Langston and his friends. The constable, Dunn, comes in at one point. He's welcomed into the bar. He sits with uh, John Quincy for a while, but then ends up sitting at the bar um, and talking to Teddy for most of the night, having drinks, paying for a lot of his own drinks, um, saying how he's been getting getting lucky uh, with cards recently. And uh, he's very happy with himself. You have uh, Rupert and his friend drink for a while before leaving. And you hear their car engine revving and and shooting off into the distance. You have a few other people in the town come in, um, in and out. A man called Brian comes into your local shop. You have people who are friends with friends of friends, and they're all chatting and playing around and having a nice time. Uh, what a couple of kinds of song it starts up, then sort of dies away, and then probably about ten minutes after you saw her, uh. Tove comes back into the bar and quickly walks up the stairs and into her room. And you hear a door close upstairs. And then shortly afterwards, you hear another car engine start up outside and pull away. Is there anything anyone does? Can I um, <clears throat> just go to make sure, go to the window and see the car that's driving yeah. away? Uh, it's not a very expensive looking car. Uh, you, I don't know if you, yeah, you might have seen um, the woman who asked to speak to Tove outside. Um, you see uh, this woman, Sarah, get into her car and start to drive off. Can I note down the registration? <laughs> you can note down the registration. Okay. Um, I would like to just take a moment to wander outside. Of course. You wander outside. Does anyone follow me? No. <laughs> Any other group follow you as well? <laughs> Nobody follow it. Um, so 
Evangeline, you go outside. You mm-hmm. see the car sort of disappear. Um, I'll watch through the window if I see Evangeline leaving. As uh, as you stand there, Evangeline, watch. Mm-hmm. It's a very brisk sort of November night. It's been raining on the f- raining a little bit in the afternoon, so the ground's a bit wet, and you're standing there, and it's quite cold. And as you're standing there, it just the temperature drops even further, and you start to be able to see your breath plume out as you breathe, which you couldn't do a minute ago, a little bit, but not too much. But now it's like you're standing in some arctic fjord with how much you're able to see your breath. And you also start to see icy mists settle on the town between the houses, up the hills. And you see the car disappear into these mists as it drives away. Tabitha, as you're watching Evangeline, you can also see not completely but the glass does start to frost up a little bit not so much that anybody who isn't in the know of strange things occurring would notice but you guys are uh, when I think as it like clocks to me that it's getting really strangely cold outside I'll go out I'll go outside to make sure that Evangeline's not turned into a nice princess or something I just kind of yeah I'm gonna just wander around out of sight more just to make sure that we're not being observed and if Tabitha's there she'll be very much just just a moment Tabitha um, there's something Charlotte said to me I want to try and understand okay um, and I would like to try and use magic okay to observe another place that isn't in this village Okay. What are you trying to observe? Um, I'm just going to... I, do you know what? She'd like to see what Angus is doing. Just checking just right in now. on him. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Making <laughs> sure he's, you know, he's, he's locked everything up nicely and, you know. You observe Angus. Uh, also, you have to use magic, don't you? So, give me your use magic. I got, I got, I got a 13. Yeah. It's a simple little 13. Unlucky, unlucky for Angus. <laughs> you, you see Angus... Um, he is still at Thorn Investigations. Um, he, you see him at his desk, um, and he sort of closes the file and he goes, ah, oh, finally. And he puts that one to the side and he looks to his left and it's like a big stack of unfinished files to his left. And he just goes, oh, right, okay. And he takes another file and just opens it up and starts making notes yeah. in it. Can I can I use my uh, bonus, if you will, for my added benefit, just to kind of hear him, just have the echo of her of her voice going, "That's the spirit," <laughs> just echoing oh, around. So mean. <laughs> Sometimes I feel bad about how many people rip on um, Evangeline, and I remember how unpleasant she is to Angus. I think that's ah, fine. <laughs> Don't mind. <laughs> Most most micromanaging boss. <laughs> exactly. I'm not even in the same part of the country, but I will check. I mean, I will. <laughs> I will encourage you to do more. Work. No. Yes. And kind of like as her her mind comes back, she looks up and she says, "It would seem that I am able to see out of this place. 
but Miss Glass was unable to see into it. Right. Some kind of protection, some kind of organised barrier. I thought it'd be an effect from the storm. The but storm was... For it to be one way, seems it would feel more intentional. Yes. Something or someone doesn't want us looking. And she will look at the mist that's rolling in around them. You can easily kind of cloak a place. Well, easily is relative, I suppose. Yes. Perhaps we should take the church and the forest in tomorrow. Yes, and the cave. <clears throat> Those were the um, places on uh, Miss Pickett's itinerary i suppose you hear a loud sound in the distance it is not dissimilar to the sound of the car engine you heard earlier on but different there's sort of a depth to it but has a sort of mechanical sounding roar to it as it gets closer and closer to where you are you can sense that there's it's coming down from one a road nearby, and you are vindicated in that thought because you see a headlight suddenly boom, into life cuts through the mist and down through the mist. You could see this now that this um, mist is so thick that anybody driving in this weather would have to be slow to not crash. What you see, however, is a... You can't quite make out the shape because it is so misty. That's how dangerous this, this vehicle is, driving down, turning a corner, and driving off towards where Sarah drove away. And it's a motorcycle with the driver, but you can't make out really any details of this person at all. It is just a dark shape in the mist with a headlight at the front. A headlight. Yes. A head. Light. <laughs> <laughs> Just a light. On the front. Interesting. Headlight. Head, what, what do you call it? A headlamp. And no head. No, I'm just making a head reference. <laughs> As a headlight. Does he, yeah, but what about a head? Does it have do one investigate of a mystery? Uh, are, are they headlights? Yes. Uh, read a bad situation. The headlight. Yeah. Yeah. Or read a bad situation. Name for victim. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, what's read really a bad situation? Oh, it's the, it's the same, isn't it? Um, eleven. Okay. Um, eleven. So you get hold three tapfer. Ooh. Um. Okay. Uh, did this guy have a head? That's <laughs> in read about situation. Unfortunately, that um, would be investigate a mystery. Do you want to investigate a mystery instead? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, I will read the bad situation if that's okay, and you can investigate a mystery. All right. Yeah. Go with your so you got still get uh, you got a uh, ten, you say uh, eleven. Eleven. So you but yeah, hold, still two. hold two. Hold two. Yes. Uh, is his head being concealed? <laughs> uh, what sort of creature was riding the motorcycle? As it turns the corner, the mist swirls around it, and you can see that this figure has no head. 
as they drive off into the distance. Like, because well, that's quite a shocking um, a revelation. Shock. I yeah. grab Evangeline's arm, like, what? Um, he's got no head. And uh, can I, do I do I get the worrying sense that he is uh, going after Sarah? Yes. Oh no. He's gone uh, in the same direction. So, in fact, actually, it's inaccurate what I'm saying because the headless horseman is definitely following Sarah. And it's definitely a headless horseman, um, but. You can tell from the uniform she's wearing she? that it's not Catherine? this is not not male. Is is this uniform familiar to me as a as an avid fan of everything that Vera does? <laughs> it is very similar to the clothes that Vera would normally wear. It's too much for me to take in. <laughs> if not no, if not an actual uniform in the same style of Vera, a lot of Vera's clothes are very uniform esque. I immediately run inside. You run inside. Uh, Evangeline, do you want to do a read about the situation? It's 12. Okay. It's, it's the night of good rolls. Next, next mission, when there's monsters yeah, fire everything, I will pop. Yeah. Um, so, this creature is chasing Sarah. Mm. Um, what's our best way in? To what's I mean, going on? Because the mist is covering it all. You gotta, you gotta move fast. You gotta get something which can get on the road and move faster than someone running. What's the best way to protect Sarah? Stop the headless horseman. Uh, are there any dangers we haven't? I haven't noticed in the mist. You notice because you're maybe looking for it. But as the headless horseman rides past, there are little eyes poking out from the shadows. Little movements in the darkness, in the swirling mists. As small creatures watch the show and look to be entertained.